Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Okay, guys, I want to talk to you about TickPick. TickPick is a great way to get tickets to see the Colts or any other sports, music, or entertainment event of your choice. Not only will you save 10 to 15% off every ticket order, you can do it without any annoying fees at checkout. Think StubHub, but without the fees. Just head to TickPick.com, select your seats, and head to checkout. Get on your way to the next Colts game with TickPick. Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, topics, loaded like offense, cold centric, talk about it often, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, do it big. Welcome back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Matt Danley. Thank you guys for coming back to the show. Uh, obviously, if you heard the, the ad at the front of the show, make sure you guys are putting in Stampede at checkout for that tick pick ad. Hook yourself up with $10 off any any orders over $100. Uh, again, welcome back to the show. Big game this week, week 14 against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But we are here to talk about the next four games uh, in, in conjunction with the final quarter of the season. Uh, we've done this the first three quarters of the season as well, and we're going to continue. And it's you know it sets us up at different points for the Colts. It seems like each time we're sometimes it's good look out for the next four games, and a couple times it's not been so good. So uh, yeah. let's look through this. So we got Jim Campbell on the line with us again. Jim, thank you again for joining me for this. No problem. Thanks for having me, Matt. Absolutely. So okay, so let's let's look over the Colts schedule thus far or, or their record. So far, the Colts start out, you know, pretty decent this year. They, 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 you know, I think you can look back at the Raiders game and say the Colts should have won that. The Chargers game, the Colts should have won that. There was a lot of talk yep. midway through the season. Colts could be, you know, eight and zero, seven and one, you know, all this stuff, and that's very true because there was nothing but one score games throughout the first half of the season. There has been mostly one score games since then as well, but. You know, the Colts barely win against the Broncos, and then they get beat in Pittsburgh. They get beat at home against the Dolphins. They blow out the Jaguars. We feel like they're they're moving up. You know, the, okay, there's a big win. There's a multi-score win right there. The Colts now have the, the taste of blood on, on their tongues, you know. Then they get beat in a big game, you know, which was considered the biggest game of the year against the Texans. Two weeks ago, we we really felt like that Thursday night game was huge, and the Colts just—I mean—they just didn't come through at all. Uh, and then, obviously, last week, you know, the disappointing loss to the Titans, where the Colts are literally getting ready to go up twenty to seventeen, and I mean, to go go to the bathroom, go to the kitchen, and you come back, and the Colts are down two scores, and yep, and wheels just fell off immediately. Yep, after that. It, it was it was a complete change in momentum, uh, a shift in focus, and 
you know, the Colts ended up on the bad end of that. So we set up now and we see the last four games of the year, Colts are sitting at six and six. I don't, you know, it's weird because it, it beginning of the season predictions, Jim, we always, I mean, I was around nine and seven, eight and eight. I couldn't figure it out. Cause I didn't really know. We didn't know what kind of year Brissett was going to have. And then, you know, you, you see that the, they're kind of at their level right now where they're six and six and all you're really hoping to see is for them to kind of take a stand and, and find a new, not necessarily an identity, obviously, because their identity is pretty obvious, but you want them to, to, to find that, that, that point in the season where it's like, all right, we're kicking ass now let's do this. And and then we just haven't seen yeah. that yet. It's been very inconsistent uh, to say the least. And, and now the Colts head into Tampa Bay now in their week 14 game against, you know, a very dangerous offense, a very dangerous defense. And, you know, Bruce Arians, uh, Bowles is the defensive coordinator. I mean, they, they've got, you know, they've got the power to, to make the Colts look stupid, honestly, in week 14. What are your thoughts on uh, the Colts week 14 chances in Tampa Bay? I think out of the last four games, outside of the Jaguars game, I think this is our most winnable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think mostly uh, due to they're, they're not great. Defensively, they're not great against the pass, but they're, they're pretty stout against the run, which gives me some concern. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and their offense has been clicking, uh, but our defense has been playing really well lately. Um, you know, despite the losses, I, I think the defense in general has shown some really, really uh, uh, good performances the past uh, couple games. There's been, you know, a couple blown plays here and there, but that's going to happen. Those aren't necessarily what killed them in those games defensively. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a close game mm-hmm. uh, because I think uh, both defenses are pretty decent. Uh, I think the Colts maybe I, – I feel – uh, with personnel-wise, they have the edge a bit uh, defensively, uh, but the offensive passing game is, for the the Buccaneers is, is pretty stout also. So uh, I think they're like fifth in the league as far as passing yards or something like that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're kind of clicking yeah. on that. And, you know, with Bruce Arians, you kind of expect that. Right. Uh, so I, I, think, I think the Colts can win this one. I think they will. Uh, it's the one that, you know, outside of, of the Jaguars, since we've seen what we can do against them with roughly the same roster outside of well, hopefully Marlon Mack is back by then. Um, I, I think I think we can win this game, and I think we will win this game. Yeah. Where you have a prediction on score? Only because it's this week's game. Oh, um, oh I would say 27 27- – to 21 Colts. Wow. 27-21. See, that's uh, I, I kind of spoke about this, uh, so I kind of gave away a little bit of a, you know, not so good, you know, I already predicted this on my last show, so I'm not, I'm not mm. surprising anybody who who's listened to last uh, yesterday's show, but I see, I have the kind of the opposite score. You know, I said that I think this is at least a yeah. touchdown game in Tampa Bay's favor, and, you know, I... I I think that the Colts de- – now, look, the, the, there's a, a misconception because of, you know, they have a, a legit star, you know, pass rusher in, in Barrett. But 
the Colts don't mm-hmm. have that, and that's the thing. But Colts and I mean collectively, the Colts and Bucks are only a sack away from each other. the The Bucks have thirty three, the Colts have thirty two on the year. So it's not that they have an elite pass rush in comparison to the Colts, but they've got that one special guy, and that's what scares me. Because yeah. that, that's going to be an issue for Braden Smith if he comes off the, you know, what would be the Colts offensive right side. Or if he goes up against, mm-hmm. you know, Anthony Costanzo. Costanzo's had a really good year, but Shaq Barrett has had a badass year so far. So, I mean, it, yeah. it, 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 that part of it worries me. They're aggressive on defense. They're aggressive offensively. I don't know if the Colts, being that they've been so uh, adherent to, to allowing big plays lately, that scares me as well. So I, I just don't think yeah. – and, and, and another thing is if the Colts have done this so often, and but you've also gotten the feeling from the games that it hasn't happened. One one play, it feels like, in every game determines the mm-hmm. game. And, and one of the things that scares me uh, in terms of this matchup in particular is Tampa Bay's ability to do it on both sides of the ball and possibly even special teams to make a couple big plays, put the Colts in a big hole, and I don't feel like the Colts have the firepower to come back from that. Because then you eliminate Marlon Mack, on, on a, even if he does play. You, one way or another, you kind of eliminate the, the success of the Colts' running game if that happens. And Jacoby Brissett hasn't proved that he can accurately and consistently go downfield, uh, I don't think, throughout the season. So this one kind of has me you know, on, on edge in terms of giving the Colts the win here. I just don't feel like it, – and it pains me to say it. I just don't feel like they deserve the, the confidence right now to feel like they can go in on the road and play against such a stout front four. Uh, get, you know, if the, Colts, if the Colts get the lead, on the other hand, or make a couple big plays, you feel like they can kind of, you know, get Jameis rattled a little bit. And that would definitely fall into the Colts' ability, you know, because he's going to want to come back in one throw from two scores down and throw a couple picks. But as the Colts proved mm-hmm. last week, anytime the Colts do something to where they're turning the ball over, it seems like they get not aggressive but inaccurate and, and lax and they start giving the ball back to them. So uh, I just can't, I just can't in, in confidence give this one to the Colts. So I'm going to go with Tampa Bay on this one. And they're 5-7. and seven. The Colts are 6-6. Six and six. They're very similar teams in terms of the ability to win. But they're in the NFC. They've played a lot bigger teams. They've won uh, some better games, I think, than the Colts. And they're putting up a crap ton of points every week. They're fourth in the league in scoring. So, I mean, this is something that, that you know, makes me feel like the Colts just won't, won't get this one. So, all right, let's move on. Well, and, and, and don't uh, don't don't can uh, uh, confuse my my prediction for confidence. I have no confidence. <laughs> <laughs> I, I um, you just know that it's possible. This is, this, yeah, and this is me running off. I think pure hope at this point because I think if we if we get this win, um, and you'll see my next couple of predictions why I say this. I, I think this is important to getting the Colts to a season ending that is decent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think I had put my ceiling on them earlier in the year, like 10 to 12 wins. Right. So, you know, if we roll out eight and eight, but you know, we've been in that unfortunate purgatory in the past, mm-hmm. but that's not too far off from what I kind of expected right. this year. And so, I, I want to be somewhat right about that, um, and just to string and to have the three losses in a row. I just, I don't know. This, this team seems to rally at times and and do some unexpected things. You know, not unlike the you know the Kansas City game. Um, right. 
So I, I would hope, but I mean, I, we're going up against a really good coach. Um, you know, we're, we're going up, yeah, like I said, everything else is clicking. I, I just feel like, especially defensively, we, we've got some really something special kind of going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about this uh, on uh, Stampede Radio the last episode, uh, which should be out today at some point. But, um, you know, what Eberflus did uh, with, uh, you know, dialing up some really creative pass rush and things like that on Sunday um, really kind of got me excited for the possibilities of what this defense could do. And I kind of wish we were seeing a little bit more of that um, earlier. But I think if we can get to Winston and, and knock that passing game down a bit, we really have a good shot of actually squeaking this one by. Yeah. That, that's kind of where I, I, I lie on that. Right. All right, so let's move on because I've got a similar tone against uh, for this Saints game. So let's move on. So do I. To next <laughs> with your similar tone. <laughs> to, to, this is interesting. This is interesting. this is why I like doing this. So next week, week fifteen, the Colts travel to the Saints. Um, they are, you know, having about as good a year as you could expect, considering that they yeah. played half of it with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. They're ten and two. They've won three straight, and that's another thing about the Bucks game. Just as an aside, real quick, they've won two straight. They're hot. And, you know, mm-hmm. their bad thing about that is they're only one and four at home. So we'll kind of leave that. That kind of adds to both of our points there. But let's move on to the Saints and stay there. Uh, Colts are, are, I'm sorry, the Saints are five and one, both home and away. So they're hot on no matter what they're doing or where they're at. But this here kind of is the point where I say this is that other big game for the Colts. This is where I say this is Kansas City part two this year. And I think that the Colts can actually pull this stunner against uh, a team that isn't as dominant as they were at the beginning of the season defensively. They are very good, so don't let's not, you know, parse words here. But they also have, you know, Breeze has had good games, but he struggled coming back too. The Colts are starting to create a little more pressure collectively as a unit, and that's what I like to see, especially with more snaps from Banigou. Uh, You see that Justin Houston is still effective. Uh, Jabal Sheard kind of getting in the action. The Colts have mixed up a lot of their coverages and stuff, and I like the Colts' size up front for playing against a guy like Drew Brees. If they can keep him in the pocket, I think that benefits the Colts as well. He's not a guy that's going to, you know, he's not a guy that runs with the ball, but he's very effective yeah. at moving around in the pocket, getting out of the pocket, at least to keep drives alive and not take a major sack. But I like the Colts' size up front. They've been much better at knocking the balls down uh, at the line of, excuse me, at the line of scrimmage. So this, to me, is that game. And, and there's just, and I'll be honest with you, there's just a lot of what the Saints do that I don't like offensively, even though they've got m- massive firepower both in the backfield and at the wide receiver position. Um, this is that. This is Kansas City point part two for me uh, right here. So and I'm going to stick with that, I think, to next uh, next week, even if the Colts lay in a complete egg against Tampa Sunday. <laughs> um, wow, okay, yeah, so I, I'm in the opposite <laughs> camp. We've we, we flopped again. Um, while, while I'm looking at, at the Saints numbers, I think, um, kind of, it, it's odd you know, that they have the, the record they do. Cause you look at where they're sitting at rank wise, it's kind of middle of the pack for some of the stuff, especially offensively and, and especially defensively, they're right there middle of the pack, unless you get to the run defense, uh, which is third, mm-hmm. which I think is once again, the, the kicker for me on these two games in particular is how stout these teams are against the run. And, uh, you know, we, we seem to be pretty much a run first team mm-hmm. when we have the opportunity to do so. Um, and, you know, we dialed up, a, looked to be a, a 
more aggressive passing attack this last weekend. And uh, while, you know, Jack Doyle caught a lot of passes and, and there was definitely some pushing down the field that kind of fell apart once we had to start playing from behind, mm-hmm. um, which concerns me. And I think we'll end up playing from behind sooner in this game than we did against the Titans. Mm. Uh, just because Breeze alone, like just dude just knows how to, to work, to work a defense. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, their, their rushing attack is still pretty good. And uh, they, let's see, what is it? They're, well, I guess they're not great. They're like 17th right now. Um, but it's still not awful. And being uh, in New Orleans, I, I just, I think the edge is, is for them. And I'm, I, I hope you're right <laughs> about this being Kansas City 2.0. That'd be great. Uh, but I, I'm going to go with New Orleans on this one. Yeah, and I don't blame you for it. I, like I said, mine isn't even out of hope. Mine just is out of, well, this is kind of Murphy's Law, it seems like, and not so much for the Colts, but it's like this just feels like the perfect storyline going into Week 16 after playing two, two straight NFC South teams, getting ready for a third against Carolina, uh, and going, well, what the hell, man? The Colts should have been doing this all year. They can they can beat Kansas City. They can beat New Orleans. They, they get you know smoked by crap teams yeah. or just whatever. This just feels like that storyline going into the end of the year just to piss off us Colts fans even more. You know, to see yeah. that the talent – not that the talent has been diminished a bit because of injury throughout the year, no doubt. But to see that, oh, my God, okay, maybe Jacoby has a great game against New Orleans or just whatever – you know, there's just these things that are just going to pop up, and I feel the inconsistency with the Colts is what makes them, uh, you know, equally as dangerous as it does makes them vulnerable to a lot of just average teams. And I think when you play with your hair on fire, you can beat any quarterback. And if a defense like the Colts plays like that in in New Orleans, they could really, you know, wrap up uh, a game. They could do that any time. But that's the thing: the inconsistency yeah. for this team right now j- just tends to make me believe. Well, yeah, they could go anywhere and win a game, but they can also mm-hmm. lose a, a sure thing or what should be a sure thing uh, with the prime example being the Dolphins earlier in the year, you know, and, and it's just so many of those games that, that the Colts play and, and do. And uh, all right. So we're on opposite ends of the spectrum on both of those. <laughs> uh, that's great though, because that, that's what I, I mean, I love that about this show. Cause I think we've done that several times we've missed on, or yep. we've, uh, we've gone back and forth on a couple different games. So we're going to take a quick break right now, and then we're going to come back with the final two games of the year being Carolina and Jacksonville. We'll be right back. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, 
business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. All right, folks, we are back, heading into week 16 against the Carolina Panthers at home. I'm going to let you go first on this one, Jim, um, because I'm kind of curious as to see where you're at with this with this matchup. I am in the camp with this one as this ends up being another game like this last weekend. Mm. Um, unfortunately, I... I don't know why, for some reason, I feel like this is something we, you know, once we're at home, we were a fairly even match team, I believe, again, mm -hmm. uh, at least especially, you know, record-wise and things like that. We'll see how things shake out by the time we get here. Um, but it's just something about um, that that offense is, is doing all right middling in some cases but I, I think or i guess not unlike the miami game like we're going to come in with some confidence and things are just not going to go our way and i, I don't know why but i, I just feel like we're we're possibly going to drop this game hmm. um I, I don't want to but something about it tells me that we are and the last couple of matchups i believe have not gone well for these teams or not gone well for the Colts against uh, the Panthers. And I, I don't know, there's just a, a thinking feeling that I, I feel like we're going to we're gonna drop this one at home. Um, and mainly because we haven't really played that well at home mm -hmm. uh, this season. And I just don't feel like we it, it's the advantage that we need. And you're looking at, like, you know, the you – know, I, I hate to say this, but this does matter. Look how many empty seats have been in there in the past couple weeks. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think after this last one, there's going to be even more. Um, and there's just not that support in the building uh, to get them over the hump here. Uh, now, that might be, I think the status of, of Marlon Mack in general is going to play a lot, especially in this game, uh, because they are so bad against uh, the the run defense there. So, it could shake out that I'm incorrect, and I hope I'm incorrect about this. But yeah, I, I just have a sinking feeling we, we drop this game. And now, see, that's here we go again. This is where <laughs> I felt the same way, and I would feel even more in that uh, realm if this was a game that the Colts were coming up to this week because they just okay. fired Rivera. I just feel like yeah. any team who fires a coach ultimately goes out and kicks the piss out of whoever they play the next week. 
It just, mm-hmm. and maybe that's completely wrong. I'm sure that percentages are completely in the opposite direction, but I just feel that way. <laughs> but you, know you get I mean? that feeling. Yes. Yeah. yeah you, just, you just get that feeling that, wow, okay, whoever plays them this week is screwed. It doesn't even matter. It could be a crap game. It could be a, you know, a big opponent. Whoever plays them is screwed this week. So this being a couple weeks down the line, I think whatever happens for them in the next couple weeks kind of levels out and they become who they've been for the year. Um, that there are a lot of similarities in, in terms of just straight statistics between these two. They're both very close in uh, a lot of different areas. One of the things, offensively at least, I mean defensively, they're very close on yards per play, yards per game, third down percentage, all that stuff. Very, very tight. Almost identical. Um, yep. They do lead the league in sacks, though. That's a scary part. So that's one thing mm-hmm. where they are far and above. I think they've got like 46 or 47, so they're at least 10, 12, 13 uh, sacks heavier than the Colts this year. Uh, one of the things that gets me is their third down percentage offensively. The Colts are considerably better on third down than the Carolina Panthers. One of the worst in the league. They're like at 31% this year. That's just got awful. And so I feel like that eventually comes into play. They are somehow scoring more than the Colts are this year per average. So I think that that comes down a little bit. I mean, it's still Kyle Allen. They Obviously, McCaffrey is a big play guy anytime he touches yep. the ball. But being that the Colts are going to absolutely make Kyle Allen win this game, this is how it's going. They're going to do everything they can. Look, if McCaffrey goes off, it's because he went against the best run defense that Matt Eberflus could possibly throw at him. Honestly, because he is going to, I don't want to say stack the box, but he's going to do anything and everything he can to meet McCaffrey in the hole with his designs. And that is absolutely what's going to happen because if they think, if Kyle Allen can beat him, I think that they're going to say, okay, well, uh, he just beat us, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. He, uh, Brissett's a little better in some aspects, but they're averaging very similar yards per game like I said they're only a couple points away in average I I this one I think that the Colts win uh, I, I think that the Colts can actually pull this one out because of that it is at home granted I agree with you and I just said on the last show yesterday the Colts just don't give me any confidence at home you know they're, they're just yeah. I know that their record's a little better at home than it is on the road but I, I just they just don't do it for me at home there's nothing when you're playing at home going all right we're at home we're winning this you know that's just not the way it is mm-hmm. and so uh that that does give me pause obviously but i just think that the colts are in in a, in a better spot even though the panthers are probably uh i would say defense maybe not defense i don't know they feel a little more talented although they've got massive gaps of of talent you know whereas the colts do too so this is kind yeah. of one of those games where I believe I'm with you. I think this could be something like what you would expect from a Colts Titans game, not necessarily last week, but but something that stays tight the entire game. This to me is mm-hmm. literally a one point game. This is 24-23 Colts for me. Yeah, uh, I, I, I can I can see that um, that being the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, maybe it's, I've just spent too much time with Chris Shepard now. Uh, <laughs> that, um, he makes you, you believe, know, I, doesn't I, I he? Had, well, I had these sure bets, you know, that like, oh, well, Miami sucks, right? And and Shepard's like, yeah, don't don't sleep on that. I'm like, <laughs> well, but they suck, and nah, maybe not as much as you think they do. And like, oh wait, no, their defense is better than our offense, and that's what ultimately did us in quite yep. a bit. Yep. And that that's hit us a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go back to the the Broncos game, which we barely came out in, um, which is is 
I might be wrong, was the Broncos game our last um, home win? Uh, no, wait, the Broncos, was that? That was at home, yeah. Um, yeah. No, uh, Jaguars. Jaguars, okay, I forgot yep. that they were after. I couldn't remember which order those came in. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the schedule pulled up. So, so still, I mean, those are our last two home wins. Those were a while ago. Right. Um, we've had a few home games since then. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's not been uh yeah, yeah I I'm not going off of any sort of um like pure analysis, this gut feeling on this one, just like I can't like you said, I can't trust them at home, which is a really terrifying concept. Yep. Um, you know, if yeah, beforehand McCaff- when you know, we had your luck we at least could kind of rely on that home bump yeah, yeah and Mc- it doesn't seem like we can do that at this point yeah McCaffrey will be faster in the dome I mean there's <laughs> yeah you know that that's the one thing they're su- they have a superstar and if he goes off you know the Colts really don't have one yep. I mean I mean they kind of do with Marlon Mack but is he back by the- I mean I know they're talking about possibly paying this week but man I mean you you feel like the percentage for re-injury in a game with a, a broken hand Seem, seems pretty yeah. high to me. I mean, you know, that's so what kind of, what kind of snap count is he on? Yeah, you know, exactly. How how many carries is he actually getting that game? And then I guess you know we're we're several weeks removed from that for this game, so he might be back at full capacity at that point. Yep. We we have no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing about McCaffrey, which is nice in comparison to say Henry, is he's not gigantic. Right. Um, so you know, Henry was getting met at the line of scrimmage pretty often mm-hmm. on Sunday. But he's just so huge, yeah. and we've got you know some smaller guys in our defensive backfield, and our linebackers are kind of skinny and fast, so you know it's hard to take that dude down. Um, like you know, we we're bringing up yesterday on on the on Stampy Radio that you know Kenny Moore coming around the edge trying to t- tackle Derrick Henry is is a task, you know. So <laughs> yeah, and he um, did it, and and you know he did it, but it was also you know. Henry's going to drag him for a few yards. Uh, just that's how physics works. And uh, but you know they were they were doing a pretty good job. You saw Okariki jumping jumping in gaps and just disrupting the play. You know little things like that that were were standing out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know if we can do that with McCaffrey. I think you're right. We 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 can hold control of this game for the most part. Um, I I just I'm losing some confidence in this team pulling out these close wins uh, at this point. Um, and so I, I'm going to go with this. I'm, I'm not, you know, all doom and gloom on this team at this point, you know, and I think if you listen to the last episode of Stampy Radio, we were actually a bit more upbeat. than I think most people would expect us to be after mm-hmm. um, this game, because I feel still, we still think the future is actually pretty bright for this team. Um, but just right now with, all the injuries, you know, the, the skill position being what it is uh, on offense at this point, I, I, I got to go with, uh, still go with the Panthers on this one. Yep, and I don't blame you. Like I said, this is, you know, purely just, you know, gut feeling at this point, being that the Colts yeah. basically play with gut feeling every single week. So, I mean, <laughs> yep. then there's never any definitive answers with this team this year. Um, so let's move on to week 17. The finale of the year always seems to be with the Jaguars. This one's on the road. Colts stomped them 33, 13, uh, a couple few weeks ago. And this is, I think still now this obviously kind of depends on Minshew in my opinion, what, what kind of performances he throws together the next three weeks. 
but I still feel like the Colts are a significantly better team than Jacksonville. I'm not going to give them the loss, even though it is on the road or maybe in like you, in like we talked about earlier, you know, the Colts at home are no sure bet. I like them better on the road this year, almost uh, mm-hmm. for the most part. So I mean, I don't even know how to analyze this other than the Jaguars completely sucked a few weeks ago. That yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be the same team uh, when they meet up in week 17, but I'm giving the Colts the win in this one uh, for, for sure. I, I mean, Nick Foles is the better quarterback than Minshew right now. Minshew might have uh, a little better rapport with the team being he had been you know, their quarterback. I think that's probably the whole deal, but even still – with Minshew, with the rapport that he has, they're still an average offense. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, now, historically, or at least over the past couple of seasons, we've had some problems uh, down in Duval. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, our offense is often that problem. You know, defense usually for some comes out and steps up for some reason offense. And this is going back to, you know, Andrew Luck over the past couple of years just seems to kind of fall apart. I mean, they shut us out down there last year and our offense was clicking at the end of the season. Um, So yeah, I'm just based off that performance. We saw them put up, you know, a couple weeks ago. I, I gotta go with you on this one too, that the Colts are going to, are going to maybe not blow them out of the water, but I, I think they win Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, and I say not blown out of the water because, once again, we don't know the state of so much of our offense. Um, you know, they're still bringing in wide receivers right. <laughs> as much as they can. I mean, they, they worked on Dontrell Inman again the other day, which, you know what? Oh, I didn't it. see that. I'm fine with that. Yeah, Let's I am just too. just go ahead and, and what, what do we got to lose at this point? Right. And I, you um, know what? I didn't even see that. I didn't know that because I would have been, I don't yeah. want to say excited about it, but I would have been like, oh, good, familiar face. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I, I saw it on Twitter somewhere, so who knows? Maybe it was BS. But you know what? Give me hope. Bring Don Trellman <laughs> in and work him out. That's totally fine. Yep. Um, we just signed a wide receiver. So, I mean, we got to figure something out at, You know, in our receiving core. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can't just be Jack Doyle and attempts at Pascal. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of anxious although, to see Chad Williams, to be honest with you, the guy that they just brought up from the yeah. practice squad, just because uh, I kind of read through a little bit of his draft profile on my last uh, last show. And basically they said, you know, this guy's got all the tools. Uh, he lacks a little bit in the early parts of his route in terms of speed and, and explosiveness. But he plays bigger than he than he is, and he's got a lot of potential. He was a third-round draft pick for the Cardinals. So he – I mean, you, you hope – and I guess this is where I'm – I'm not trying to say that I hope this guy turns out to be some stud. I mean, obviously that would be amazing if something like that happened. But that's not what I'm getting at. I'm saying can this guy be – better than replacement level for Chester Rogers. Cause if he can, then okay, that's I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. At least at this point, <laughs> I, uh, not for next year, maybe I but at least right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. I'm right there with you. So yeah, I, I totally, um, totally feel you on, on that one. So yeah, I, I think, I, I think this is like, I, I think it's a win. I don't know if it's a, a dominating win. Like it was, uh, last time, mm-hmm. but but I, I think I think we can we can walk out with this one because really that defense has kind of gone downhill horribly mm-hmm. over the past uh, year, and the offense is just not great. Right, and this is you know this is kind of the last remaining. Okay, we're still all right within the division if we sweep the Jaguars. You know, I mean, it's kind of that. 
Okay, at least we didn't split with them too, you know, because we've split with Texans uh, when we probably should have beat them in both games. I mean, it just always feel that way, even though they didn't play very, yeah. you know, great. They still shouldn't have really lost that game, I felt like. Um, the Colts definitely should not have lost uh, against the Titans if they had just the fewest of things shored up. The Colts were mm-hmm. dominating a large portion of that game. Um, uh, well, the first half was theirs for the most part. I mean, the Titans were keeping themselves in the game, but right. for the most part, the Colts dominated them. I forget what I mean. The yeah. the yardage two, two turnovers gained, <clears throat> yeah, was was crazy. And I mean, we almost walked away with with three fumbles. Mm-hmm. Um, on the whole ordeal and really wasn't until, you know, we started playing from behind and Jacoby tried to force a few things down the field that things really turned for us. Well, and of course the blocked field goal, right. you know, when you, when you don't block a defender, um, <laughs> they're going to get through, they can, <laughs> they can do things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of felt that way that, you know, the Colts on offense yeah. last week had uh, twice on the right end. Uh, it was Braden Smith's yeah. end, but he wasn't responsible for the guys, and they were really were supposed to be just chip shots. And I think a little bit of it was Jacoby not reading out the uh, the defense what they were coming to do, or that he just didn't account yep. for a, a free rusher on the right end. But the you know the Colts let guys in the backfield so quick last week, and it was just like mm-hmm. Jesus. Okay, we got to figure something out there. Something is not right. But you know, you just hope yeah. that that was that. It just seemed like the uh, a little bit of a. a, a a trend that the Colts were just letting free rushers come at Jacoby Brissett or the kicker or just whoever. So the Colts have a lot to show well, up, but. And Jacoby, you know, got us out of a few situations like that dump pass to Jack Doyle. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were backed up, uh, we got some sort of penalty. We were in the red zone and he was wrapped up and got it out to Jack, got the yards back, got us back to the original line of scrimmage. I think ultimately ended up in a touchdown for that yeah. drive. Yep. If I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, and, and then there was the, you know, attempt to do that again to Jack Doyle, though ended up in interception. So you're not going to win all those battles. Right. Um, but you know, the, the sack numbers of things could have been worse. Um, there's a couple of throwaways that Jacoby managed to get off of things too. So, uh, they could have actually pounded our offense a little bit more. Jacoby actually got us out of a few situations. He put us in a couple, mm-hmm. but he also got us out of it. So I would say it's almost a wash for him. Yeah. Uh, game wise, you know, that first half, got unfortunately offset by the second half right um but yeah it's it's um really a weird year man yeah really offset by about about a five minute span of offense yeah really that was and special teams yeah i mean in the grand scheme of things like yeah jacoby's mistakes were not good um but jacoby also didn't allow that 40 some yard touchdown bomb yeah um and nobody really did. That was just some damn good play. Yeah. Uh, on on the Titans part, I, I watched rewatched the game last night, and well, and they the targeted, route ran on that touchdown. I think just good. Yeah, and they targeted Milligan, which was smart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was just well played, and um, and then you know the the, the block kick it just that turned the tide on everything, mm. and. You know, you could say, well, the Colts could have got back from that if Jacoby hadn't tried to force it down the field. Well, what else was he going to do? Right. You know, and, and, and there were definitely better options. But I, I'm i going to go for the guy going for, you know, the win or the tie. Mm-hmm. Um, even though that, that throw to Pascal was super ill-advised. Um, I, I get what he's doing yeah. or what he's attempting to do. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, we just got to live with it. Yeah. It is what it is. And then with Jacoby's 
throwing trajectory typically and and historically that's he's not a drop in the bucket type of thrower on that kind of a yeah. play so i mean there's no way he was going to put yep. it over the second and in underneath the third level when there's three guys sitting around him so that's just not something yeah, that he, totally he's agree. capable of doing i don't think at this point like i i i understand the gumption and the urgency but right right uh the throw was vilified and you know what andrew did that from time to time yeah he did so it's not actually you know Jacoby's done it less often oh, yeah. than what we're kind of used to. Yeah. Um, so one would argue, well, he doesn't take enough risk. Well, if he doesn't think he can actually, you know, succeed in taking those risks more often than not, uh, I understand why his apprehension to throw some of those passes. But then again, there's a couple times we saw him pump fake when Jack Doyle was clearly open and then the throw was late and, and things just went, you know, downhill from there. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, <laughs> I, I I don't know what to say necessarily about Jacoby Brissett at this point, and oh, I know. maybe running us a little late. I don't didn't need to start ranting. No, you're right because that, it's just but, something that it's just something that uh, that is what it is this year. He, he, you yeah. you can't really place the guy. So to yep. to kind of wrap things up, uh, let's see. So I've got the Colts going uh, seven, eight, nine, and seven, and you've got the Colts going at eight and eight, eight and eight. Yep. So. Yep. Wow, who look at me being the the, yeah. the the guy with the uh the most uh you know look at look at me so optimist you know yeah you're the you're the eternal optimist <laughs> which is usually like my my position in the other show so <laughs> I feel like that's I feel like my I'll, I'll, final record prediction here kind of has me out of suit I don't feel like that's me at all. <laughs> so. Well, I hope you're right. A nine and seven record, I think, is totally acceptable or what this team has dealt with this year. Yeah, I um, think with what they've done and, and the mistakes they've had, the injuries they've had, with everything considered, 9-7 and seven is kind of a, a, okay, we kind of escaped that year, even though they're probably not going to make the postseason. Yeah, and, and it's such a young team. It, it's hard to be completely beaten down about this team after this season. If they do go 8-8, eight and eight, how do they go, you know, um, seven and nine, mm-hmm. uh, in the grand scheme of things, like, well, you know, Andrew Luck left at the, before the season started. Three quarters of our wide receiver uh, core are either not playing or on IR. Uh, Ebron dipped out. Um, you lost your your hot running back in the, in the peak of his his uh, run and. Yeah, you like it's hard to come back from that. Yeah, and then on top of that, um, two of the teams in your division decided to start playing football, and it, it's just a, a bunch of factors you can't get around. Yeah, it, it, it sucks, but you know, uh, I believe in this team that Ballard is building, especially what we've seen him do with the defense in the past couple of years, mm-hmm. and we got some good draft picks coming up. So, you know what, sit back and, and relax and watch what happens. Cause I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. I think that, I think there's, I don't think there's any doubt the team's going to get better between now and next season. Um, and, yeah. and, uh, and that's, I think that's a, uh, you, God, you would hate to see a regression in, in all aspects, but I can't imagine mm-hmm. that happening right now. We're seeing too many flashes out of too many guys. And you hope that if at least half or three quarters of those guys can actually develop and continue their development, the Colts are in pretty good shape. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we get Jacoby Brissett's going to be the starter for this team next year. Yeah. Um, that, that's where I'm at. <laughs> and Jim, that's a I that's think, a topic uh, for another show. We're going to have to do another one next week just on that. Because <laughs> I think we, may, um, we might differ in that. I, I, I think 
I feel like that's going to be the case. Even I, I totally think we will draft somebody. Yeah. Um, I just don't know where. And I think if it's anything outside of the first five picks or so, um, that person is going to sit behind Jacoby for at least a year. Yeah, and that and, makes sense. And that makes sense. Uh, Jacoby, so if, in the grand scheme of things, I think if you look at it and you feel like you get your quarterback in this draft coming up, that Jacoby would have been considered one of the perfect bridge guys. Yep. Yeah, I, totally I, agree. I get that for sure. Yeah, and um, they um, – uh, I lost my train of thought. Um, and so we could potentially see next season where, you know, maybe we bring in some, some new skill position talent. Uh, we get our current skill guys healthy, mm-hmm. you know, I T Y Hilton. Um, and, you know, maybe look for, you know, a, a possible prospect or, you know, a, a tight end replacement uh, for Ebron. And, maybe Jacoby comes out with a full complement of weapons and we see a different look from him in general. Uh, The offensive line you expect is only going to get better. Uh, They've been pretty decent once again. Um, I think you uh, add depth probably to that unit this this draft or offseason one way or another. Yeah, so um, yeah, I I, I think next year is going to be a really interesting year for the whole quarterback situation. I think Jacoby Brissett is going to be the starter, and I think that he his real test will be okay. Here's all the here's all the options we could possibly give you. Make something of it, and if he doesn't, then we need to start looking at, uh, at another option. Hopefully, we have that option mm-hmm. already sitting behind him. Yep, I would hope that too. So, all right, brother. Well, thank you again, man, for for jumping on the show. Always a great time talking with you. And like I said, yep. and I'm not joking. Next week we got a show because being you and me and you are going to debate this Jacoby Brissett thing. Uh, back okay. and forth, we'll and, and uh, I think that we'll agree on a lot of points, but I, I, I'm anxious to see what we come up with between now and then, so let's do that. Okay, yeah, sounds good. Excellent. Uh, thank you all for listening to the show. Make sure you guys are supporting Tick Pick. Go out. If you're buying tickets, I, honestly, I don't care. There's a lot of, lot of winter concerts right now. Go there. I do it for all my summer concerts. Mm-hmm. I don't do a lot in the winter in terms of that, but uh, my summer concerts, I do it. Uh, for any games, any tickets, anything for, I mean, I'm talking college, doesn't matter what you're, whatever you're buying a ticket for, go tick pick, get it, stampede at the checkout. You'll be glad you did. Uh, thank you guys all for listening to the show. Make sure you guys get to stampede blue for all your Indianapolis, uh, Colts news and notes and, uh, always, and please, I mean, help us out with a rating and review on the podcast. That would help as well. So, uh, for my, for my friend, Jim folks, we will talk to you next time right here on the Colts cast. Blue.